It's six o'clock. I'm eating muesli in a mug. Let's start the episode. Welcome to episode three of Salad Day Anecdotes, a young hey. perspective on schooling and more. I'm Raf, and as usual, I'll be joined by Soren. Hey. Today on the podcast, we'll be covering some follow-up from the previous episode, and are language classes useful? Yep, that's a good question. <laughs> it is a very good question. However... Before question, you guys, yes, you listeners of the podcast, what? gave me some very interesting feedback for the previous episode that we did on social groups. Namely, why aren't nice people popular? Okay, well, thank you, Raphael, for this question. Thank you, thank you, you behind the screen, uh, or whatever, uh, for asking this question, because this is a very difficult and interesting question to answer. Now, I don't know if you want to start, Raphael, but if you do, go on. Yes, I do. You know what? Somebody literally just texted me nine minutes ago to ask me what my podcast was called. This is very interesting. (laughs) Right. So my answer, well, my my sort of theory on that question, I think the environment is wrong. Uh, Just it doesn't pay to not blatantly manifest things. In a way, you, you need to make a spectacle of yourself, essentially. And generally, being kind doesn't tend to do that, because when you're making jokes to school, a lot of the time, admittedly, it's at the expense of others. Most of the time, they're fine with that, because you're doing it amongst friends. The reason, well, one of the reasons, again, that that doesn't work is because, simply put, if you're just being kind to people, like, the general rule is you don't take the piss out of them. And as a result, that removes a bunch of the joke material that you have to make you popular. So you have to rely on something else. Something else such as just being good at the role that uh, people have assigned to you. So, for example, and linked to another episode that we're going to do at some point soon, being class representative, right? You know, be a go-to. You can be a, I don't know, class handyman, I guess is what you'd call it. You know, Mm. sum things up, they go to you. And that works, but it's not, you're not in a popular group, you're just, you're an individual with a decent amount of sway, I guess. But And even then, actually, your sway comes from the idea that other people sway towards you. And never mind that, I guess that's one kind of way of doing it. Just be good at, be good at being yourself and help other people out. You won't get a lot of street cred for it, but you will feel better about yourself and people will feel better about talking to you if there's something up. And... That's that's an approach that I've tried a couple of times, and it, it tends to work out, but it just depends what you're looking for. It, it just, I think it depends on the people that are around you as well. If, if you have absolute twerps around you, obviously being kind is not going to work, uh, because they don't care who you are, they don't care what you do. Uh, as long as you're easily walked on, they will walk on you. If you're not easily walked on, you won't get walked on. And so in those types of situations, you don't really have a way of escape. It's either you ignore it, you totally ignore it, and sometimes that works and they leave you alone because they're like, oh, no reaction, this is boring, or move on. Or either they keep going, and at this point, you either have to defend yourself, uh, it's, it's not physically, I mean, I'm, most of the time it won't be physically. If, I mean, someone's going to hit you, you better hit back before they hit you, uh, you know, or leg it. Or leg it. That's a good idea. Well, if you run fast, leg it. If you don't run fast, I think you need to like start praying to a certain religion. Whatever it is, just pray. <laughs> like It doesn't matter <laughs> at this point. Um, Scream for help. Do, that so works the best too. Way, the, uh, 
It depends. I think screen felt brings more attention sometimes uh, in certain situations where you already have the students, other students' attention is like a big group around you. I uh, guess that is true. You know, it, it usually tends to not work very well, but most of the time, the, your best bet is just going to see like a uh, a teacher you trust, not always mm. a teacher, a random teacher, because some teachers just don't really care um, mm. putting this out there. But you know, so, so a teacher you trust, you know, a teacher you know, or even an adult whatsoever, and usually mm. the things would get work uh, works out like pretty well in the end. Yeah, most of the time, most of the time. Sometimes it doesn't, mm. and then that's you know the teacher's problem, teacher's fault. Still your problem, actually. Still very, very much your problem. Uh, yeah. But you have to be very careful with that. It's a strange mm. situation to be in. Wait, also, you said something about uh, jokes that are made between uh, uh, friends, you know? Yes. Like when it's insult between friends. I agree that a lot of times it's just banter, you know? It's, it's really jokes. Mm. It's, most of the time it's really funny. But Yes. Yes, this is really this is really funny. I saw I was going through Instagram, right? And yeah. I saw uh, a meme saying, You're telling me people pay hundreds of dollars for therapy when Barbie is free and it's a clip of like a Barbie movie talking yes. about exactly that subject and I can play it right now. I'm not sure if it, legally I can that, no, that you cannot do. <laughs> but the, the, the main idea is saying that uh, you know, maybe like once in a while they make a joke and uh, your friends make a joke and you get a sensitive subject that they know about. Mm. And it's not always okay when they say it's just a joke. Well, it doesn't really matter that you find that it's a joke because you're not the one taking the hit, right? Yeah. It's me yep. who's taking the hit or the person that's receiving the insult that's taking the hit. And it doesn't matter what you think about the joke. What matters is what I think about the joke. Now it affects yes. me, not how it affects you. That was the Absolutely. main idea of what the, the Barbie thing is. And that's why sometimes uh, banter can go pretty bad in extreme situations and mm. cause uh, certain reactions that are not always wanted. There you go. A lot of hurt, a lot of crying, a lot of pissed. <laughs> a lot of pissed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to high school. A lot of crying, a <laughs> lot of fighting, a lot of piss. Um, Generally, it is that. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah. Another comment I've had, I'm paraphrasing, but acting like you're still in year seven makes you look cool. <laughs> Quote, unquote. Sheesh. Sheesh. That's rough. Uh, this, is, this, is, this, is, uh, this has come across as a criticism, uh, obviously. Not, uh, not uh, like, I enjoy acting like a sixth. Yeah, idiot. Um, yeah. Congratulations to those who do. Uh, be your, be your truest selves and express yourselves however you want, but please, for the love of God, leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> that's a very that's a very good thing to say right there. I agree very much with that. That sort of chimes in to the thing that I was saying earlier. You have a limited playbook to make yourself really noticeable. And most of the playbook you already have when you're in year seven. So the end result is you look and you end up looking like you're in year seven. That's really easy. Well, admittedly a drunk year seven, but still year seven. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> you have to bring the alcohol to it. That's true. It's true. Year sevens don't get drunk as much as uh, higher levels do. Oh, and higher levels thanks, still make the God. same stupid sort of decisions about how they're going to act as year sevens do in the name of popularity, except that they do it while under the influence of more alcohol. It's a mathematical right, it's true, truth. It's, it's true. Like, you have to say... You know, year sevens don't drink as much as people <laughs> our age do. That really sounds, makes us sound like we're alcoholics, you know? It's pretty bad. Not all of us, I, but just the people who are more likely to act like they're year sevens probably also consume more alcohol. Oh, we, we do. We are going to have an, um, an episode about drugs and alcohol and, and everything. Yes. Sex, oh, drugs, and rock and roll. Oh, wait, maybe not quite. <laughs> I think no. that's that's the domain of the goths. Not quite the entire subject you had you had two two out of three i think is good enough yeah that'll do <laughs> that'll do all right yeah so acting like a sixth grader still makes you look cool apparently i i agree i mean i completely <laughs> agree acting like a child bro i mean like bro, you're, you're 16 and you're acting like a child come on i get hmm. your life in check these people clearly need a reality check yeah, because at this point, I, what are you doing? Do you not realize you, you kind of have a future in front of you? And you, you kind of have, this is the moment where you have to make important decisions that will literally impact you for the rest of your life. Just not yeah. to put a little bit of pressure, but still a little bit of pressure. Because come on, come on. You're not going to start screaming and shouting as if you were five and didn't get your ice cream from mommy. Uh, in class just because somebody gave you a bad grade or whatever just uh, accept the bad grade work on it understand it and continue go yeah. go forward get better do something with your life i don't want to stop acting like a child you're not a child anymore uh you know it's, it's this thing is also do you not realize how much we're treated as children most of the time that you, frustrates me infinitely, oh, and I understand. You... I understand the reasoning for doing that only occasionally, because yeah. there are some of us that do. Some of us. I hate to associate myself with the people that do need handholding to the level that some people try to, but mm. the reasoning. The reasoning is vaguely solid in specific cases, but what really <laughs> annoys me. Is then this is this is a specific gripe that I have voiced multiple times, and I'm going to voice it again to oh. the listeners of the nation and the world. Uh, <laughs> when you are doing a project which is designed to make you think for yourself and learn new skills and act independently oh God, of your own accord, you should be the one who gets to deal with the information related to said project. Just, just send, send me the emails for the love of God. Okay, my parents do not need to oh. care sufficiently about this. It's my job. I'm doing this. It's about my future. Just send me the damn emails. That is the final word that I will say on this subject. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, we are, we are treated like children all the time. But then again, what do you expect? Sometimes we act like children, and we we are expected to act like adults. Sometimes, but sometimes yep. we're expected to act like children. But then we're treated like adults, different moments out of nowhere, and then suddenly yeah. we're treated like children again. And we don't understand why, and then we understand why later. But 
at this point we're treat, being treated like adults again and suddenly out of nowhere we're being treated like children again it's very confusing it's very mm. strange and unusual uh, what it's, do it's, you want me to be it's like stepping into cold water then stepping into warm water then cold water then warm water like your body is in in the state of what is going on can you explain <laughs> me why you're doing this like what's the point yes really it is it is our fault sometimes uh, mm. the time I'm, I'm it, we do we do reap what we sow occasionally that is true we, i think we instigate most of the time uh either being treated mm. like adults or treated like children because the teachers i think they love saying this like you're not you're not in year seven anymore this is time to to start working and then they treat you like children you're like what do you want me to do i'm getting mixed messages honey like come on get get your game on but what are you what are you saying it's confusing, but yeah, this was not the the, the main subject. Let's let's go back to, to the main subject. Went on the rant. There you go. That's that's the follow up on social groups. Uh, for those of you who made those comments, you're so welcome. Please make more. We like them. Mm-hmm. The next yes. topic is our language class is useful. So the idea for this came from me. It came from a podcast that I listened to by uh, the Right Honourable CGP Gray of youtube fame for those of you who are vaguely interested in watching educational videos in your spare time like myself for which i apologize <laughs> <laughs> he ha- he co-hosts a podcast with his friend and magnificent reporter brady harron he's australian um it's quite funny um and this was the topic that he because he has experience as a school teacher and so they were just sort of going about schools and he said one of the things he would remove was language classes. That's pretty intense. Like That's radical. Yeah, that's very intense. And so I figured that we were in a decent position to have a chat about this because, you know, we actually have to live through the damn things. Pretty true. Soren, what are your opinions on the removal or non-removal of language classes, even though it's not like a policy proposal, whatever? You should have elaborated that he meant in, like, secondary school. So, like, beyond having a mother tongue. So I'm talking about, like, what you would be doing in Spanish and what I would be doing in German. Our second languages. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Spanish. Okay. Well, I'm not going to lie. I had Spanish today and it wasn't very eventful. <laughs> so I'm not going to lie. It was pretty bad. I really like the teacher. She's really nice. Uh, she's really, really nice. I really like her. But just that. Uh, I hate Spanish. This is really bad because it's going to be very opinionated. I've hated Spanish most of my life, and I still count on hating Spanish for the rest of my life. Because I just, I, I'm not very language. I'm not a language guy. I'm a science guy. So, hmm. you know, all that. You're the Bill Nye of the classroom. Okay, that's a bit much, but <laughs> <laughs> if you want. I'm just that guy who's more into science than just literature. I mean, I really hmm. like analyzing text because it's kind of finding the logical aspect out of a text which is not very logical most of the time depending on the technology it's just very wide subject but whatever it's just that i don't know i'm not very language so i I really dislike spanish i dislike learning it because there's always this little exception that you that you didn't don't expect and then it's an idiom and then no it's not an idiom it's actually the language and then no it's just what what are you doing what? Why? Ta- explain to me why. It's, it's like okay. in French, you have a rule, but you have like 25 exceptions behind it. Yeah, the rule is followed by six verbs. All of it, the other verbs are exceptions. 
it's 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 disaster. It's really sad. Okay. Like that's why I'm like a math guy. See, like the, the, yeah. when you have a rule in maths, you don't have an exception. For example, you can't mm. divide by zero. It's not like suddenly with like Pythagoras's theorem or whatever, you can divide by zero. No, you can never divide by zero. It's basically a huge basis for most of maths uh, rules and everything. It's used everywhere. See, but in French or in languages, you always have exceptions popping out of nowhere because of the musicality of the language or whatever, you know? Yeah. It is. A, that's why I hate the language. But honestly, I, I wouldn't remove them. I wouldn't make them less important. Okay. Well, I have good news for you. Yeah. The way that machine learning based translation is heading and the way that portable mm -hmm. technology is heading yeah. We will soon probably literally just be able to plant a babel fish into our ear and not need to learn any languages anymore. That would honestly be pretty good. Because of the way that machine learning has progressed, language learning in the way that we currently do it is going to become mm -hmm. functionally obsolete. Useless, yeah. Providing you can speak English. Providing you can speak, oh uh, well, you don't know that. Maybe mm. I. So here's here's the thing. Loads of trans. If you can't speak English as your mother tongue, and you need to like activate translation for the simplest of your thoughts, when you're doing mm -hmm. your job, right? Because of just the amount of you know big companies, transnationals that just do everything in English. You know they have their internal documentation in English. Their, all of their workers speech to e speak to each other in English because English English has somehow managed to position itself as the trading language of the world, right? It's very impressive, actually. It's um, very interesting. Song. Well, I, uh, I, impressive is an interesting <laughs> word. I'd say colonial. Never mind. It's, um, oh, wow, okay. I mean, it's, yeah, it's I agree. A but... Colonial, how? English has <laughs> positioned itself as the, uh, the as the like dominant language in the world. I, I mean, I'm sorry, right? You know, the Don't the British spread that language to everywhere, including the U.S. And the U.S. basically went, well, if you get invaded, you speak English. If you do trade with us, you speak English. And if yeah. anything else, speak English to us. And okay. because they're big, they just did that, and that's how that worked. It is why. So I think one of the reasons it's, you know, when uh, the Americans said during the Second World War, yeah, I'm going to help you, mate. The Marshall Plan. Oh, that was after the Second World War. But yes. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. After the Second World War. Uh, and so you have that and then you don't really see the little details. You know, it's like the privacy policy that you scroll down all the way at the bottom. You just say, whatever, let's go. Take <laughs> it. You know, like, whatever. It doesn't matter. I'm not going to read it either way. I just want to yes. read this website, you know. I, I think Europe did that because uh, so they just sent you're gonna you're gonna buy everything that concerns this field of uh, trading from us. <laughs> you're gonna buy everything from us. You have no choice. Yes. This is the deal, and that's yeah. how they basically took the whole of Europe under the the wing. You know, just like saying you're gonna yeah. stay and you're not gonna move until I tell you to move. Okay. And they and they got to they had to get rid of a bunch of like tariffs that they had on like foreign goods and whatnot. And they made another system to further encourage international trade where you could exchange local European currencies against the dollars at fixed rates and stuff like that. I think it was called Bretton Woods. That's the thing that's created the world that we live in. Mm. <laughs> it's one of the it's one of the big things, along with like the container and stuff like that, 
that's actually allowed globalization to really happen. Spreading of English all around the world was the result of the American trade policy. Yes. And that that just kind of rolled, essentially. And now there was a chemical company in oh. that, that, that was made out of two medium-sized chemical companies, one in France, one in Germany. And mm. they united, right? They decided to go, we need to be more competitive, so we need to be bigger. We need to do more things, be more resilient, integrate. So they did a merger. And they argued over what language they should be using. The Germans didn't want to use French, and the French didn't want to use German, for obvious reasons. Because, you know, everybody prefers their own language. And they settled for English because it was a language that both of the sides had a chance of speaking decently, to a level where they could understand each other, and it wasn't either of their native languages, and it's the language that the world speaks, right? Lenovo the Chinese laptop and phone and various sort of semiconductor-style technology manufacturer, but in the early 1990s, basically went, we need to take ourselves seriously. We're going to start speaking English. Bunch of Chinese mm. firms have done this. It's why we know that Tencent is called Tencent instead of however you're supposed to pronounce the Chinese <laughs> characters to form up Tencent's name in Mandarin or Cantonese. Right, that's oh, you know they're being traded on Western stock markets, and they and so therefore they've they've gone and adapted to the language of trade, which appears to be mm-hmm. English. So if if the likelihood is that you don't need to translate from English to something else a lot of the time, uh, you know, yes. and you and you just sort of you know you can just sort of babelfish your way out of your problems, to a certain extent. Yeah. All right, well, that's, that's actually pretty... Uh, I should probably explain what I mean by Babelfish, actually. But Babelfish is a concept mentioned in the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, uh, which is basically just... It's a science fiction book. It's good. You don't have to read it. But basically, it's just this tiny little fish that you put in your ear, and whatever language you hear from whatever place in the universe, it will translate it into your mother tongue just by sitting on your ear, because the fish eats brainwaves for breakfast and can just has the random side effect of translating. <laughs> And so I, you know, I'm saying Babelfish, but I probably mean just some tiny electrical earbud kind of thing uh, yeah. that you put in your ear, and it just does it. Bit like the, uh, bit like the Google style earphones that they release yeah. ever so often, and then they go, it has Google Translate integrated, and everybody goes, but really, does it? And they kind of go, <laughs> does, does it really though? Does it really work? Come on, guys, don't lie. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, honestly, everybody's like, oh, Google Translate, Google Translate. You know, that's that's it's it's the one that everybody goes on about. But actually, I don't think because it's based on real humans, it has nearly limitless uh, possibilities in terms of expansion and you can confirm like actual sentences so that you can get idioms and manners of speaking but I think the guys who've made the most progress when it comes to machine translation um, instead of just crowdsourced translation over time have been Deep L Deep L is a like it's a small European I think it's German startup let me check this I think it's German They have a very similar service to Google Translate, but it's run by mostly computers instead of the data being crowdsourced by humans. And Mm. the translation is, and I say this as a user and reading from reviews, faster and more accurate and easier to fool natives with. Oh, wow. From most languages to most languages. 
right? You don't even have to pass through English in the middle if you don't want to, right? Your your translation, it like, it can do direct things. Obviously, it's better with Latin languages because that's just how machine learning is doing at the moment. But eventually, you know, they're going to expand properly and they're going to eventually cover Mandarin and Chinese and, uh, sorry, Mandarin and Cantonese and Japanese. And we're going to reach a point where all you need to do is plug it in to, again, like I was saying, your earpods. Your ear. I keep saying earpods, uh, because my brain is going <laughs> earbuds and airpods. Anyway, Sponsor. headphones. Sponsor. And then that's that's kind of the entire language barrier problem solved. Asterisk. Yeah. It, it kind of is. It, it kind of is. I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. Asterisk being, though, culture. Oh. Idioms, the stuff that people have been slowly contributing to Google Translate is the stuff that the machines are going to have the most trouble with. But there's only so far you can go that you can do without human input, right? It's the human aspect that that suddenly makes it not work. Yeah, that's exactly right. Because, you know, it's like when a British person says, I'm in a spot of bother and they're getting shot at. It, you know, you need to be able to try, you need to be, you need to be able to convey that kind of thing. And the chance is, until we put the human side in, until we figure out a way to give models uh, of tone and stuff like that to, um, to these translation AIs, we're going to have issues with idioms and metaphors and you know, colourful language, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. Just, and... just today as well, when I had Spanish, uh, she she pulled out an idiom out of nowhere, and I was absolutely confused. I think it was a... Uh, I, can't, I can't remember. I would need to get my bag and get out my Spanish book. She was talking about this idiom today. Yes. Uh, that was very interesting, because it had a, a number of translations that each of them were very different. <laughs> very, yeah. very different. Let me find it. Uh, coger, coger, you're gonna see my perfect Spanish accent here. Uh, careful. Uh, correr carrería. Correr carrería. Can't. I'm. I'm. I sound dumb. Never mind. It has two meanings. It's a, It's either to go for it or I have been used to doing it. Oh. Which is two very different things. Yeah. No kidding. But they're both. They're both used for the same idiom. It, it just is i find it crazy i just find that crazy yeah and she, she told me about it and I, I just looked at her like are you sure you're not making a mistake here because this is not physically possible how can you have two different things that mean one thing but that two totally different things <laughs> see this is why we need to simplify spanish <laughs> i hate i hate this language slight I tangent it. i once had this idea that like i could sort of like start this like internet-based thing of just a simplified version of English. Because, you know, you, you encounter people from all around the world who speak, and this is not this is not a term of offence, I don't mean this, in, you know, in a negative way or anything, but, you know, their English, their English is existent, but it's broken, right? You know, so they don't, they don't necessarily get the sentence structure right, or the verb is just, you know, gone do lally. And despite the flexibility of the English language, it doesn't sound quite right. So yeah. if you sort of codified English... A bit like the Germans have, but easier. Maybe we could get somewhere. Maybe. And so I sort Maybe. of like started writing like vague bits of documentation about how that might work, and then gave mm. up. 
Um, but that, you know, it's an idea because you know, it, artificial languages don't tend to work well, apparently. But it might be the time uh, to give it another think. They're, they're complicated. I don't think we have yeah. to. I think in like five, ten years, we'll have the technology to be able to. Not now. I don't think mm. now. But Maybe. plus, people aren't very, um, aren't very much putting their hundred percent effort towards using AI to uh, develop language and mm. to make it to simplify it. They're, they're more. I think we're more in the, like in the experimental stage where we're trying to focus on medicine uh, using mm. AI for medicine. We do tend to be doing that right now. Yes. Mm. For some reason, I mean, it's and really good. Mapping. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very strange the way we use it. I think there's like mm. solid reasons uh, that probably. we're not probably being told about or vaguely being told about, and we're not really re reading between the lines because you know, yeah. I'm not gonna lie, this is not a subject I really read about. Mm. Uh, you know, I just sometimes you know see something. Oh, they've developed a new you know AI for medicine. I can make it so that someone can perform surgery. Uh, with a delay of 0 0.1 seconds from like 5,000 miles away. And, you know, that's that's pretty incredible. That's pretty you cool. You know, like yeah. you can be in two completely different cities and just perform surgery on a, if you need to perform an emergency surgery on someone. It's very useful. Uh, but other than that, I mean, uh, come on. Not so much, yeah. Yeah. Quick return to point before we end the episode. Um, yes. I think my what I have extracted in terms of my opinion on language classes is yeah. if you enjoy them, you should be able to do them because it's always good to have confident speakers of other languages. You will want person translators as well as machines always. I don't think Absolutely. that the human touch is probably still going to be wanted for a while. Furthermore, maybe if we don't teach languages like as such and, you know, try and get us to understand the grammar, maybe it would be good if we did more sort of cultural teaching. So, you know, just understanding mm. the reasons behind various celebrations in various cultures more than this is how you conjugate the verb to have in... Uh, in five different ways. <laughs> in five different ways in Italian. You know, it's... Yeah. I think I think if we did that, and I'm, I'm ballparking here because I'm, I'm not going to pretend that I'm a, like professor of human relations or language or any description because you know I'm just, I'm just a student this is what this podcast is about but maybe yeah. through the teaching of other cultures and the understanding of rituals and you know why we like to eat the things we do and how we got to where we are we could kind of foster a general all across the world we could understand each other better and maybe try and punch each other just a little less on the global stage <laughs> completely agree. No, it's really interesting about that. Uh, I completely agree, and and the fact that we're already us two, especially yes. already in a huge puddle, uh, mixed with different cultures, and well, not a huge one actually, a pretty small one compared to some other places. But from what I've seen in, for example, in France, uh, you have so many different cultures in one mm. class uh which is already like a huge thing for us but when yeah. i look back in france and if we apply what you're saying we could apply so culture understanding and culture learning uh it would be so beneficial for people for for class for, i mean for schools who don't especially have 
a huge diversity mm. uh, in their class. Here are two examples. In France, you have a lot of families that came from migrants from the Arab world uh, mm-hmm. in the 60s and beyond, you know, during the, uh, the sort of economic times where we just needed workers and everything seemed like it was going to be fine. And so as a result, there's quite a lot of, a lot of integration. No, not quite. Well, that culture is now present. But not everybody understands it, especially not people living in, you know, upper class sort of just districts and just never encounter, um, you know, people of cover or people with uh, Arab origins or I say Arab origins. This might be a slightly rude term because a lot of them consider themselves to be French and very rightly so because they have citizenship and they've been here forever. But, Mm. you know, I think it would really help on a level with sort of relations in terms of migrants but also possibly race relations and just understanding where we're from and why we act the way we do uh the example i was going to do for germany was uh lots of turkish immigrants in around about the same time when we bring uh immigrants or whatever inside a new country we have i think there should be a a com- common understanding and a meeting halfway in cultural learning between both people the people who were originally there and the immigrants but i think both both people should meet and talk about their culture and how their culture works uh and uh come to a sudden understanding so that was my conclusion just sort of sort of find a consensus on how they mm. want things to work yeah 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 there, there you go you said it perfectly that sounds that's a very hopeful outlook i like the sound of that thank you for being on this episode thank you for listening to this episode for those of you at home uh, remember to follow us and or subscribe to us on whatever platform you like to use for podcasts. Uh, mm-hmm. Leave comments on our anchor page, which is uh, findable in the description. And yes. recommend us to your friends or leave five star reviews because it gets us into more people's recommended feed. And we'd greatly appreciate either of yeah, those things. Do that, Thank you ever so much for listening. I've been Raf. And this was Soren. Thank you very much, guys. Are we done? Yes. (laughs) Yay, we finished.